0: Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash thrive. That's thrivecosmetics, C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it want more helpful tips like this go to keep for games quizzes and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand let's hang out and let's talk about what
2: lessons have
1: found let's hang out and let's
3: to Let's hang out. Let's hang out, out. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Hang Out, the podcast where we must be strong, we must be brave, we must
2: be brave. There it is, <laughs> there it is.
3: <laughs> Nailed it. What's
2: the part at the end where she, I feel like I was watching it today and it was just like she has this like crazy riff at the end. It's like, I forget it, but. They go yeah, the, the
3: we're going to find every bit of strength yeah, yeah. that we have and never let it go. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, <laughs> You're just like, oh, great, cool. This we is, must be strong. This is happening. I love it. It's song. such a
2: it's a great theme song. Great it's theme a song. fucking
3: bop. From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster.
2: And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who've been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. Here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. We have our next trivia night coming up for the Wilds. I know Lee is going to have some upsetting feelings about (sighs) this. Just some sad feelings. um, Her favorite ship, you know, won't be able to kiss, but we'll still be able to have fun. And play trivia,
3: so that's it, be it's, ap- it's just gonna be me photoshopping Leanne Fatten's faces together. I mean, that's fine in preparation.
2: <laughs> but we're gonna have that virtual trivia on December fifteenth at eight thirty PM Eastern Standard Time, five thirty PM Pacific. Keep an eye out for the link for tickets.
3: We also want to remind you that we are recording in season six now. Patreon only bonus episodes. So if you want to catch those, you can join our Patreon. You can find that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. And our next episode is going to be coming out next week. So if you want to hear all of our thoughts on Mulholland Drive, and we had a lot of them, you Lots. have you have the next week. You can sign up anytime, at any level. You get access to those bonus episodes. Um, it's our fourth one that's come out in season six. So we we are having a lot of fun in those bonus episodes. You should check them out.
2: Also, we want to let you all know that a lot of you have filled out the survey. So we're super happy to get started planning on our Les Hangout retreat. We will keep you updated. If you haven't gotten a chance to fill out that survey, you can still fill it out while we're planning but we are—we have hit the amount of responses that we need to start planning this trip, so we are so excited. We will keep you updated. You can fill out that survey at bit.ly slash trip if you want to still get in on the fun.
3: In the Greater Les universe, a uh, couple of things going on lately. One of them is uh, the new movie with Kate Blanchett, Tar, came out. I haven't seen it yet. Have I haven't either. Seen I've okay. heard
2: mixed reviews. So we'll see. Maybe it's yeah, something I I've, I to watch tonight. I feel like this always happens. We talk about something into this week in the lesson and I'm like, right after this, I'm going to watch it. So I know. We'll see. And
3: then we finally do. And then no one gets to hear our thoughts about it. So yeah. we will both be <laughs> Well, doing maybe that. it's a bonus
2: episode. We'll see. We could,
3: we could put it as a <laughs> Patreon bonus. We'll see what happens. But I've, I have seen that it's out. I've seen that people are really like intrigued by it in various ways. I agree. I've also seen kind of like, you know, some hit or miss reviews of it. But I'm, I, listen, it's Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, I,
2: I'm in. I literally don't care if it's horrible. I will watch it for her. Don't care. Also, there are two new lesbian governors, the first lesbian governors in the entirety of the United States. And we got double. The gay
3: agendas working. And we got double.
2: <laughs> and one of them, Lee, is right in my
3: backyard. I know. I'm so jealous. Massachusetts
2: governor, Maura Haley.
3: <laughs> that was
2: british and not boston but i should have
3: never left
2: you should have never left and also tina Kotek, who is going to be the governor of oregon super excited
3: we're slowly winning go us the takeover continues <laughs> <laughs> also i'm gonna read this although i know nothing about it but we hear there might be a lesbian relationship in wakanda forever have you s- i haven't seen it yet i
2: read a little bit about this i haven't seen it yet of course I'm going to see it next week.
3: I know. I was going to say you see a lot more of the MCU stuff. Yeah, I, I do. mean,
2: I'm definitely going to see it. I've heard really good things about the movie itself, but the lesbian relationship is like subtext, as they do in these Marvel movies, like where they're like pat ourselves on the back, and one of them kisses the other on the forehead. So, um, we'll probably do a should've been well, gay on that.
3: Listen, we'll see. Didn't we already, have we done? We have uh, not done a Should've Been uh, Gay on Black Panther. Should've Been Gay on the, what are they? The Dora Malahe?
2: We have not done one on Black Panther.
3: Is that right though? I feel like I'm messing up the name. Someone can correct me if I'm messing up the name. I think the last MCU movie I saw might've been Black Panther, so.
2: (laughs) And I'm pretty sure we didn't get a chance to do a Should've Been Gay. So if there's any guests out there who are big Black Panther fans, let us know. You can get a a good guess for that. But that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee.
3: Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode eight of season six and our next installment of Les Essentials.
2: Les Essentials is a recurring segment on the show where we dive into classic lesbian movies or shows.
3: And as a reminder, we are also writing and producing and recording original songs for all of our Les Essentials shows or movies. So you're gonna want to stick around to the very end of this episode for our original song for Shira. It's called "Stay with Me."
2: It is a I want to say bop, but like it's like emo bop. Yeah, emo you bop. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, think it'll I think, make like, you feel emo, things.
3: Rip your heart out of yeah. your chest, bop is an accurate. Yeah. Yeah, that feels yeah, right.
2: You will really have feelings.
3: <laughs> if you like Catradora, you're going to want to stick it. around. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all.
2: That's all we'll say. And if you didn't get it from the theme song at the top, for this Les Essentials, we're talking about the 2018 animated series "Shira and the Princesses of Power, starring Amy Carrero, Karen Fukuhara, and AJ Machalka, and created by N.D. Stevenson. Super oh, man. excited.
3: So, so excited. Listen, this has been oft requested let's say
2: yes. there's been a lot of
3: requests we're both big fans love it so i'm glad we're finally here to talk about it we've
2: had some really fun shira trivia nights with all of you like oh my you god know we love yes we love shira we just have been waiting for the right time to do our shira essentials and it just it feels right
3: also, anyone who's been to our Shira trivia knows that like, goes hard. they are some of the most uh, that what
2: you go hard. You went so hard on those questions.
3: I listen. I wouldn't say I went hard. I think the Shira fandom goes hard because mm-hmm. y'all are intense. Yep, like intense. But they've also been some of the most fun. It was so trivia fun. nights. Yeah. They're they're super fun. So we should do another one, anyways.
2: <laughs> yes, honestly, let's. We should time it close to this to this less essentials.
3: Great. We'll have to check our trivia calendar because we are trying to just yeah. Spin A League back of Their Own is probably happening so. soon
2: uh, around. I this know
3: time. A League of Their Own is coming up, but yeah. Anyway, Shira trivia is great, so we're super excited to be
2: talking about Shira. Finally, we have so many thoughts, so many things to say, so many things. I mean, so, how do we even yeah. start? Let's just let's start with the IMDb synopsis, and then okay. maybe Lee, if you want to do. A super quick synopsis of the whole show, and I will not interrupt you because I just feel like there's a lot of stuff to dive into. So I'll let you Listen, do the synopsis.
3: Nobody is more world-renowned for their very quick, quick. brief synopses than I am. So that sounds like a, a great call. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? They asked. Nothing. So <laughs> so the IMDB synopsis for She-Ra is as follows. She-ra, Princess of Power leads a rebellion to free her land of Etheria from the monstrous invaders, the Horde.
2: Okay, cool. So really right.
3: needs at least a comment at the end there just to, to nitpick. Not the best. Not it's the best quite short for a
2: show that has five seasons. So yeah. clearly we need to hear more about what happens in the show. And there's also so many. One of the things I love about the show, which we'll get into, is like how many characters there are and how many characters you enjoy. For me, it's like, you have. We're going to talk a lot about Catradora, so Catra and Adora and their relationship, but I love this ensemble cast of princesses and Bo and Seahawk. I. I. It makes me so happy. Yep.
3: This so. whole show makes me so happy. Okay, so a brief. Oh God, a brief Three. recap of five seasons of Shira. A. That's what we're going for.
2: Yep. Let's go. For Are we
3: fo- it. Do you want me to focus on like the show as a whole? Do you want me to focus on like the Shira Katra?
2: All right. Like- let's just do do the Shira Katra from start to end. That's oh what Jesus. We'll-
3: okay. So chime in three hours. Skip the next three hours mm-hmm. if you don't care about this. Okay. Okay, let's see how if I can do this. The other thing that's really funny is, um, actually, even before we decided that we were gonna do this next, Kelsey and I literally have been rewatching the show right now. Perfect just timing. It's yeah, because it's fun. But we're we're only in like season two right now, I think. So so I have to try to like remember all of the details of what happens when exactly. So to the best of my memory, people, I'm sure will write in and tell us when when I mess up. Okay, so we meet Katra and Adora. They grew up in the horde together. They're best friends. They have like kind of a an antagonistic sort of like friendship, right? Well, yeah, because like Adora is kind of the the golden child,
2: and Katra is, is always second best.
3: And, yeah, she she literally like then becomes like a, an actual golden like superhuman golden. Amazon yeah, yeah. woman, but um, she's like the golden child. Catra's always kind of like yeah overlooked. And so she gets promoted first and Katra's kind of like being pissy about it because she's Katra, and like there's some issues going on. But so anyways, they sneak out, they like go into the woods and Adora gets thrown off their, their little boat skiff thing and finds this like crazy sword. And then Katra finds her and she's like, what do you mean there's no sword? So they go back and then Adora's like, I gotta find out about that sword. So she like takes off, goes back to the Whispering Woods, goes to find this sword Discovers the sword and that she is like an eight foot tall warrior woman named Chira, who is the the protector of Etheria. Perfect gets kidnapped or well, gets captured by Bo and Glimmer, who are like two of the rebellion fighters from Bright Moon. And basically, like, Adora realizes the Horde is evil and is like, I have to join the rebellion and fight the Horde. And she's like, come fight with me, Katra." And Katra's like, fuck you. I'm going to take five seasons to work through my shit. Ha
2: ha ha. That sounds accurate. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> boo, hiss, scratch. That's what Catra says. Boo,
2: hiss, scratch. Hey, Adora. <laughs>
3: yes. That's Catra in a nutshell, <laughs> I think, is actually that. We should just make a shirt that just says boo, hiss, scratch.
2: Yes. Hey, Adora. <laughs>
3: So Catra's not going to leave the Horde. And then, I mean, I don't know. That's like the shortest recap I can give of the two of them. It's like then they spend five seasons trying to like pretend they don't want to fuck, right? Like, I mean, true. I mean,
2: you have, right, Sheerah's trying to save Etheria. Catra's trying yeah. to prove herself. To be like I'm the best evil person, but you also Catra's have- Catra's like just love me, Daddy,
3: evil horde, Daddy. Yeah. Someone just give me a hug, please. And Scorpio's like I'll give you a fucking hug. And Catra's like boo hiss scratch. Hey Adora.
2: Yep, <laughs> so- that sounds right. And yeah, Catra <laughs> so- <laughs> has to work through the Catra works through the- through those issues through a lot of stuff. And like she kills people, like she opens portals, she destroys worlds, like she does a lot of. Rough shit. She's damage. A, she does a lot of damage.
3: She is She's got some damage and yes. she does some damage. Yes. Listen, I could write we could just write nothing but Catal taglines all <laughs> She's day. Got some damage actually.
2: And she does some damage.
1: Let, yes, right? That's right.
3: I want to use that in a song somewhere. I should write that down so I don't forget. Yes. That's um so so yeah, I don't know. It's like Shira is rebuilding the princess alliance and she's like, you know, forming the rebellion and they're getting together and making friendships and Katra's like somebody love me and why does nobody ever care about me and Shadow Weaver's like you're disappointing and then, you know, just everything poor poor Katra, man. Katra
2: has mommy and daddy issues oh, cuz Shadow Weaver's she... her mommy issues. And to be fair, like I think I saw this um maybe on Twitter or something that like really got to me where it was like Catra's ultimate betrayal was that like sh- Catra's always known the horde was evil and so she's yeah. like okay what's your point like yeah but you're still leaving me like I mean the whole from episode one when Adora leaves is like literally Catra works through her abandonment issues with Adora oh, for man. five seasons yes like she's yes. like don't leave me please don't leave me and then Shira slash Adora keeps leaving her. And then she's like, all right, well, if you're gonna keep leaving me, I'm gonna attack you and your friends.
3: Well, and there, yeah, there's the abandonment issues and there's also the clear like, I have been cast aside my entire life. I think it's in season one, right, when, like, Bow and Glimmer get captured and Adora, like, she and all the princesses go to save them. And um, and the end result is, like, Catra, like, gives her her sword back at the end and she's like, yes. get out of here. It's not because I like you or anything, right? Like, yes. <laughs> wink, classic, wink. Classic. And, but then when they're fighting about it later, when they're, like, down in, like, the Light Hope dungeon, mm-hmm. First Ones well, tech, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, Catra's
2: like, actually, I didn't want you to come back because yeah, so I... Yeah, she's like, I yeah. didn't...
3: I didn't want you to come back. And, like, that's her big thing. And so it's, like, yeah, we get... And I love how they do this throughout the series where it's, like, we start to get a lot of flashbacks. We're constantly getting these, like, glimpses of them growing up together, their childhood together, their relationship and friendship and the bond that they had and the trust that they had built up in each other. And, yeah, I mean, it's, like, Catra just gets disappointed and uh, abandoned and betrayed by everybody around her, like, at every Constantly. turn. And so, yeah, it, like, turns her into kind of a monster, into kind of, as Scorpio would say, a bad friend, you know? Aww. Um, And so they they kind of go through all these things, so it's, like, at every turn, like, Katra's there just basically trying to be, like, let's just end the world, baby girl. Like, let's just... Cut and run. Who cares? Open a portal. Rend the fabric of reality. No big. Like, yeah. what? what is there to live for, right? Like, who cares? Maybe if I do this, someone will finally notice me.
2: <laughs> like, yep. Huge. It's- Catra's screaming for attention for five seasons. Oh,
3: my God. Catra for five seasons is just like, Pay attention to me. Here I am destroying reality. Do you see me yet, Adora? Uh, hey, Adora. So, yeah, so they do that, and then Catra sort of does like destroy reality in the sense that they pull Etheria back from Despondos, like into, like, back into, like, the
2: real world, the stars. They're in the stars now. Yes. So, I'm like, if anyone's listening to this episode, I hope you've seen She-Ra because it's oh my God, be really difficult to it's, explain. Well
3: yeah, it's so there's like the the that's why I was asking, do you want the like Catra Adora story or the like lore of She-Ra story? Because I'll be honest, I'm probably gonna mess up more of the lore of She-Ra story, but they live on Etheria, which is a planet. The last Shira, who who was like a thousand years ago, Mara Diri. Mara lived <laughs> a thousand voice years ago. Acting-ly. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, coached by Valerie Rose Lobo. Yeah. <laughs> sure. so, so, everything I know. Okay, so so Mara was Shira a thousand years ago, and she decided to like take Etheria and pulled it into this like pocket dimension of just like a void so it's just like that's why th- there's this whole thing with stars they're like we've never seen the stars because there are no stars in their little pocket universe because it's just a it's like just their planet and nothing else and that she like did that to like protect, protect it them, yeah but also it like broke everything and broke the shira line and then there was like a portal and a door came through the portal and shadow weaver was like ah child <laughs> so where all the other children came from ambiguous and unanswered but that's, that's fine, fine. That's fine. And so, yeah, so then they pull Etheria, they, like, pull it back through a portal into, like, the regular world where they learn, oh, my God, Hordak isn't even, like, the real Horde. He's just, like, one of many clones of Horde Prime, who's, like, the real big bad guy. And Katra gets captured by Horde Prime and Glimmer gets captured by Horde Prime and Adora and Bo and Entraptor are like, let's build a literal fucking spaceship and like go to space to save them. And then Katra's like, I'll save Glimmer for you, Adora, don't come back for me and like teleports Glimmer onto her ship and whatever and then gets like mind melded with Horde Prime and then Adora's like, I'm in love with you and I'm going to go save you anyways. And then they do and then they save her and then they like slowly start re building this relationship and then at some point capture gets a cat and then like all good lesbians they like get a tattoo and like kiss and fall in love right
2: that sounds pretty accurate to me yeah okay i think i
3: did great somewhere in there i got back onto the catro Adora instead of the lore of the the world and i don't know when and i'm just rolling with it. but
2: i feel like they also come together because like the finale really is like Katra oh, and Adora's man. love saves yes. the world. Which saves is like the such world. a freaking lesbian. Like when we're talking about Essentials, this entire show is about She-Ra saving the world, right? But like She-Ra cannot save the world without her lesbian lover. Like she literally does not save the she can't turn into She-Ra without kissing Katra. Like that's what it's happens at the end. She cannot so transform until true. she has kissed Katra.
3: It's so perfect. So
2: it's like true it's love's so kiss between yeah. this like best friends to enemies to lovers
3: school for good and evil eat your heart out yeah what? right <laughs> yes we will get what there. who said that should have been who gay was, coming soon. who ran in here right yes, now and said that um
2: but yeah i mean one of the things that i love about the show as a whole right this is one of the first animated series the first animated series to have this much lgbtq rep correct oh, it's, like,
3: it's so much I can it's so much name a straight person in this show non-existent they don't
2: exist and it's not even in a should have been gay kind of way no like, every, like canonically it, canonically like, all gay. of these characters are gay like we have Adora and Catra who are the central love story of this entire show lesbian love story we have Spinarella and Natasa who are like married queer women I we- love them
3: our, our gay mommies yeah
2: we have Bo who has two dads like everything about She-Ra everything about Etheria as a place is very sexually fluid in a way that like is just there is not I mean I'm sure <laughs> some straight people might be like I won't let my kids watch Shira because they're throwing gayness in my face. But to me, they're not throwing it in your face. Like, it's very much like, okay, yeah, Bo has two dads. Okay, yeah, of course, Adora and Catra, that's the love story. They don't talk about sexuality. They just, like, let it exist. In a kids' show, in a way that it's, like, people, like, I don't think it's, like, overly sexualized, overly. No, not like, It's at just all. like, oh, yeah, these two girls are in love. And we're going to watch them for five seasons, figure it out.
3: And what I think is great is like it happens exactly like you said, like it's not sexualized. It's just done in a way that I think is actually really relatable for the age group that is like the target demographic of this
2: show. Because what do you think the target demographic age of the show is?
3: Oh, that's a good question. I would say maybe somewhere from like like the the nine to tweens Age. Yeah, like, like young it, well, adultish. Okay. Here's here's the thing. It's like I think in terms of like the there's there's twofold, right? Cause I mean it's like asking that about like shows like Bluey where you're like it's written for two two targets. Right? Like there's the there's the pure face value of the show that I think skews younger. And then I think there's the, like, who is a lot of the messaging, like, really going to be best picked up on, which I actually think is great for adults. Like, it's why we're rewatching this. It's such a fun show. Yeah. Like, we loved it. And I, I wouldn't say that it's like, oh, it's like watching a kid's show. You know, where I'm like, no, I think there's like there's different things that you're going to get from it depending on the different ages that you are. But I think that like the the animated part of it where it's like, you know, like we keep saying, like, especially as we're rewatching it right now. And I'm like, man, I'm so excited for like when the girls are old enough that we can watch Shira together. Because like yeah. I feel like once they get to a point where like they'll be less scared, because like right now there's a lot of it. That would, like, the horde would be too scary for them, you know? Yeah. But I feel like if they were, like, six, seven years old, like, you could watch this show easy,
2: Yeah, right? it says on Netflix it's seven plus is, like, yeah. what it's. Yeah, yeah, So that makes so, sense. So I think that there's,
3: like, that demographic, and I think that it's a very different show at that age than it is when you watch it at, like, our ages.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think also, like, the reason we're doing this as a Les Essentials as adults is because there's oh, a yeah. lot of adults who really enjoy the show. And I agree as they should i because like i remember the first time i watched it cuz you know how it goes with all these gay shows it's like everyone on our socials or like yeah are like you have to do an episode on this you have to watch it and i was like all right i'm going to sit down and start watching the show and i binged it in like 4 days i was like yeah. wait i oh, it's love so good. this show it's so good yes. and that's but that's what i'm saying is like
3: i also think it's such well done story building and such good writing when you can make a show that's going to be consumed so differently by people at different ages like interacting with with your content like that's just such a same as
2: like spongebob you know
3: yeah right (laughs) exactly
2: i mean like it's sort of a joke but not but not nah, right, like but not. Nah. I mean, that's
3: the thing, and it's the same way that it's like I know so many parents who are like obsessed with Bluey, and it's like their kids like Bluey for one reason, and then the parents like Bluey for totally different reasons, and the kids are like, "Ha ha, what a fun episode!" and the parents are like sobbing uncontrollably at the end of some of these shows I because they have never like, heard of
2: Bluey. Oh, really?
3: It's like it's a it's like a kids show, and it's like it's same thing. It's animated dogs. I think it's Australian. Technically, I don't remember where it gets made.
2: Oh, you know why I know Bluey is only because of um, what's it called? Of Abbott Elementary. Have you watched that show? There's like an episode where one of the boys, one of the kids is obsessed with Bluey, but I have no. Is obsessed with Bluey.
3: Well, so the thing about Bluey is that it's like it's a kid's show, but it's also really a parenting show. And so there's a lot of things in there that are like they'll play fine for the kids, but they have really like deep heartfelt messages for parents that are actually like incredibly touching in ways that like are going to go straight over kids heads but it's also still fun for kids and then for parents you're just like ugh, it's like heart-wrenching mm-hmm. and I'm like it's such good it's such clever use of mediums to do stuff like that and I think animated series Are so are so much more possible to do that with sometimes than like live action stuff, you know? It's so important. And I think the long-winded point I was trying to make originally starting this is that I think kids at the age that like you could start watching She-Ra at will understand feelings. Yeah. Right? Like, they will understand like, even when you just watch Scorpia, right? Like, you watch Scorpia basically have like, a Loki crush on Catra for like, so many seasons of this show.
2: And all she wants and is for her to like her and you just see, yeah. All she
3: wants is for her to like her and want to be around her as much as she wants to be around Katra, And that's relatable. Even when you're eight, even if you don't have language for it, even if, like, you don't need Scorpia to like, call herself a lesbian or call herself whatever like you just watch scorpia desperately like heart eyes follow catra around being like we're best friends like we i just want to do you want a hug i'll give you a hug do you want to cuddle let's go cuddle let's make hot chocolate and like watch a movie together and just hang out and spend all of our time together all the time and like we as adults can watch Scorpia do that and be like, "Oh, honey, like you've got it bad." But kids can understand that, like, maybe they have that with one of their friends because, like, eight-year-olds get crushes, man. Like,
2: yeah, well, and also they're not just, like, sexual. The fa- well, and also just like, even if it's even if it is platonic, that's understandable. Of like, I just think this person is so cool, yeah, and I want to be friends with them. And I, like, am so overly eager to be friends with them. And maybe they don't exactly want to be friends with me back. Like, that's also relatable, even if it's platonic. But yeah, I mean, there's so much. Like, I think, too, like, even, like, the messages of some of this stuff, like, right? Like, a big thing centers around friendship, right? But it's, like, all the different kinds of friendship, right? Even, like, when you think of, like, Entrapta and Hordak, where you have, like, this Villain character who then finds someone who is kind to him and is like, oh, this is what it feels like to have a friend, like, and you can see like that kind of thing. But you also have like much more intense feelings of like betrayal and like all kinds of like uh, traumatic feelings yeah. from a lot of these characters too. Which is just like any point of your life you can relate to a character in Shira. Yeah like uh, uh. Well, and
3: it's it's exactly what you were just saying about Hordak, too is it's like there's so many things about it that like i i i get it i know there's going to be the people who are like boo trying to indoctrinate my kids with your gay agendas like yeah okay fine <laughs> but there's besides the fact that like representation is important and letting your kids see you know, like, yeah, it's sometimes maybe you're just going to have really strong feelings about one of your friends. And that friend could like, it could be Glimmerer with Bo. It could be Scorpia with Catra. It could be Catra with Adora. Like there's all sorts of like complicated relationships and whatever. Sure. That's important. It's also, I think, really important characters like Hordak. What I love about Hordak's journey in this series is that There's so much like Hordak, I think, is one of many characters where there is like a really prominent theme in this show about like worth. Like, what is Mm -hmm. your self-worth? What is the value of people and who determines that value, right? Because, like, Hordak's not different than Catra in that respect. Like, Catra spending her whole life being like, Shadow Weaver, notice me, Hordak, tell me I did good. And Hordak's doing the exact same thing with Horde Prime, right? He's like, tell me I did good, Daddy Prime. Like, tell me I brought my little team down here and took over this planet, uh adequately and love me because of it and the, it's like there's just so so many characters in here like Scorpius doing the same thing like notice me and love me catra right like so much of this show is so wrapped up in like kids getting to see this message message that it's like other people do not determine your value as a person right like that's the message that everybody in this show is learning over and over and over again it's like i know i'm trying to remember what episode it's in but i know there's like some scene
2: with mara and adora
3: oh i was thinking just i know there's one where adora early on where they're like you know shira like maybe it's when they do the battle of bright moon or something where they're like shira can't fight like the whole horde army and she's like then what good is she mm-hmm. right where it's like if i can't hold myself to this like extreme impossible standard then like what's even the point of me and you're just like you know it just kind of really reinforces like so many things where you're like yeah like that's what your eight-year-olds need to see like that's a great message for young kids and also adults you know yeah. <laughs> well
2: i mean to be fair i feel like it is very um cathartic for some adults to watch this shit too because we i um, speaking for myself grew up in a very like and still live in a very if I am productive I am good yes. if I am like capitalism baby. Yeah. if I am yeah. helpful to others I am good if I am constantly working I'm a good person right like I'm a successful member of this society and if I sit down and like lay down in bed and watch a TV show for an hour, like I am wasting time and like I don't matter, right? Like that's like maybe a high level of it, but like I'm lazy. I'm what, I, like I'm not valuable if I can't contribute, right? But there's that scene. We talk about representation, about the LGBTQ community. I personally, I'm obsessed with the representation for the neurodivergent community, for the disabled community. There's so many layers of this too. And I just like think of this as from my perspective of like, I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've ever told anyone on this show, but I'll just talk about it. Lee knows this. I have fibromyalgia. I'm sure a lot of you out there also have it. And like for me, when my body shuts down and I cannot work, I have to struggle with a lot of emotions about that. Regardless of the fact that, like, literally, I just need to get in bed and sleep. My body is telling me that. But I feel like there is like this message that Shira says that's like you're worth more than you than what you give to others. right? That's what Mara says you are worth more than what you give to others. Like that idea of like you can just exist. You could literally be like drinking a cup of coffee on your front porch and like relaxing, and you are valuable. Like you are valuable as a human in every aspect of what you do and wh- when you're doing it. Like, you don't have to be <laughs> the worker. Like, it's literally the Horde as, like, a metaphor for, like, constant, like, production. Like, they literally yeah. clone... Horde Prime clones himself to, like, be... This, Increase like, efficiency. In- yeah, like, literally. to in- Like, yeah. it's, it's insane, actually. But I do feel like it's a good message for young people to see because hopefully... <laughs> They will grow up feeling a bit less of that, like constant yeah. need to be productive because they've seen different messaging in some of their animated shows, Shira being one of them.
3: Well, and also where like such a huge component of of that is friendship. What does it mean to be friends? What does it mean to be a good friend? What what role are your friends supposed to play in your life and like so much of what they like learn and teach about friendship is like the best friends you will have are the people who create space for you to acknowledge that about yourself right like exactly that that it's like hey i'm not your friend because of how many bad guys you fight and I'm not your friend because of how much you do in this specific situation and I'm not your friend because of like your dollar value on paper to someone you know like I'm your friend because you're great and like you're great regardless of of, like what you do what you don't do whether you beat this enemy in battle or whether we like don't win the battle like that doesn't that's not I'm not going to not be your friend if we lose the battle right I mean
2: still like talk about like Catra and Adora yes like the amount of shit that both of them have done back and forth to each other and like that too is like they still care about each other
0: you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working Hello,
1: my name is Alison Larkin, and I'm a writer, comedian, and narrator and host of The Jane Austen Podcast. This podcast brings Jane Austen's stories to the 21st century, along with commentary from me, and conversations with fascinating people who all share a love of Jane Austen. And of course, we had to start with none other than pride and prejudice. So join me as we embark... On a journey through some of the most wonderful stories I know. The Jane Austen Podcast with Alison Larkin is available wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Yeah. Even through all of the seasons.
3: I know. And uh, God, like some of their little, some of the little moments that they still have with each other all the time, like just kill me they just kill me because it's like they are literally like scratching each other's like faces off and also like actively still sort of like desperately reaching out for each other in ways that you're just like oh sweeties like it's oh honey you know like they're so obvious and they so don't see it and they do like they just they're they're doing that for so long In this show, because it takes so long for each of them to learn that. Yeah. Listen, do we want to get into like a deep dive on like the Horde and capitalism and Adora and Catra as byproducts of capitalism? Yes.
2: (laughs) But no, but let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more in depth about Catra and Adora, even though we've given a synopsis. Okay. Like, I want to talk like just about a few of the big moments for Catherine <laughs> and Adora, right? Okay, I'm ready. For me, I think the first, we have obviously our first episode, which we've talked about, but I think after that, one of the first big moments for them, I think is the princess prom, which we have to talk about. Oh God, yes. So let's just talk about the princess prom episode as an episode, because okay. I think it's, if we're talking in less essentials about Shira, princess prom is like iconic. It is. First of all, outfits, like Catra in this like suit with a t- bow tie that's like not tied. That's a look. Scorpia in a like black tight dress, black lipstick, like femme, femme butching it up. I adore
3: Scorpia's outfit. Yeah,
2: we all also- I just adore
3: Scorpia. Let's be real.
2: Scorpia is perfection. And then, I mean, we just have like, right? Like, Catra and Adora have split ways. has made it very clear that she's coming for the princesses, right? And so when Catra gets to Princess Promodora, it's like, oh shit, like, Catra's up to something. But like, I love the fact that like, <laughs> Catra can do, Catra uses the fact that Adora's obsessed with her to do evil. Yes. In that episode. Yeah,
3: because she knows. Because she knows she's like, I am your weak spot. Like, you're going to be so distracted by me that, like,
2: you will pay attention To to nothing else. And, like, they have this scene where they dance together, right? Like, that is iconic. There's just, like, this. Well, Catra is a cat. And I feel like Catra's more. Would you think? Do you think Catra's more the cat or the mouse in their little game? Or both?
3: Um, In Princess Prom? In Princess Prom, she's the mouse. No, I would say in Princess Prom, she's, she's the cat. The cat.
2: But she's, but cat. But I feel like it switches like yeah. throughout the series. Yeah, 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 Their cat and mouse game like literally is just like back and forth constant. And then, yeah, like literally <laughs> there's, but they also like, it reminds me a little bit of Kim Possible and she mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. it's like there's many times. So in Princess Prom, there is a point where Katra is like about to fall off the side of a cliff and Adora saves her. Yeah. Right. Like it's like they fight, they fight, they fight. But when it really comes down to it, like they don't want to actually lose each other.
3: And they do the same thing. It's one of my favorite, like one of those tiny little moments. Um, Again, because I think I do love animated shows so much because there's so much intention behind everything. They mirror that scene right away in season one in one of the episodes, the episode where they are sort of down in like Light Hope's little dungeon-y thing. When they're going through the flashbacks and they do the same thing. Adora starts to fall backwards off a cliff. Catra reaches out and grabs her hand and like pulls her back in and she's like she says again she's like it's not cuz i like you or anything but as she turns and walks away her little tail brushes adora's hand and you see adora like look down and smile at it and and i'm like so it's not it's animated right like somebody had to draw that interaction yes. happening like it's on purpose but i just love that they give them these little like you know even unconscious like does catra know that she did that who knows like but she is she's like such a little cat about it you know she's just like this is the this is the uh boo hiss scratch hey adora and then purring section. <laughs> just mm-hmm. the
2: <laughs> Well, in that entire episode, if we talk about the flashback episode, we see them as kids. Yeah. And you can see that like from the beginning, they have been best, best friends. And that's what's this episode is one of the more painful episodes in the Catra Adora timeline. Oh, I know.
3: It's some of the, the all of the ones where they do the flashbacks,
2: they just like, ugh. And I'd love that they do the flashbacks because otherwise, I mean, we still see the connection between Katra and Adora, but like showing those flashbacks really s- makes you empathize with Katra more Yeah, to the point where you, you're you not like, okay, Catra's evil. Like, I don't want her with Adora. You're no, like, it humanizes
3: yeah. her. Yeah. It, which, you know, funny thing to say given that she's, she's a uh, cat. Cat. cat um, but human. Um, cat human. It cat humanizes her. It no but it does. It gives you like this insight into her baggage, her pain, her trauma. Like all of that trauma that Katra's like lugging around endlessly in this show.
2: Well, and you have that scene between the two of them where it's like they're little and Katra's crying and Adora comes up to Katra and is like it's okay like no matter what happens, like we're going to always You've got me and I've got you. Like, we're gonna take care of each other and we're, and like, basically, I will never leave you. And then and she Katra's,
3: leaves. And Catra's like, promise? You promise? And yeah. Adora's like, I promise. And they're little tiny faces and they're just, they got little pudgy hands and they're like, pet, like just holding each other. Uh, I know. Uh, I can't. So
2: adorable. I can't. And also them. so heartbreaking because then was like, looking at that memory and she's like, Oh, They're having moments there where they're like underground and they're like holding hands accidentally or like having these moments where it's like, oh, maybe things can be okay between us. But then Katja's like, no, because I love you and you left me. And she literally drops, lets Shira, lets Adora drop into the pits of hell. And she's like, I'm getting rid of you because you're my weakness.
3: It's rough. It's a lot. And it's like, I mean, the thing is, is I, I I know there's a lot of people out there who are, like, not, not behind the Catradora ship. And I get it. I mean, like, they're toxic AF. Like, it's not great that, like, that is valid, right? I mean, like, Catra goes off the deep end in this show. Like, she literally loses her mind. And she is like, burn all bridges. Like, allegiance to nobody Life is meaningless. Burn it all to the ground. Just, you know, like, just, I'm picturing like Catra, half dark arm scratching the, like, the, down the wall. I mean, like, she goes absolutely insane, like, unhinged off the deep end.
2: And the amount of things that she does to directly harm Adora. And Adora at the end just, like, forgives it all. I feel like when I, when I first watched She Ra, I think I was messaging you and I was like, mm, I'm like, I don't know if I can really get behind this. I'm like, I understand yeah. this is an enemies to lovers trope, but like, there's a lot of shit that Katra did. That it's there's like, a lot.
3: Well, and and listen, it's funny for me because like, I oh people are gonna come after me so hard, but like secretly at heart, I think I'm I'm still actually a Glimadora shipper. Don't don't tell anyone. Okay. Well, don't tell just, anyone. She said on you her own just podcast. Told yeah. But I, because I, I, I don't know. I kind of like, I all series was like, there was something going on with Glimmer and Adora. That's all I'm saying. It's fine. But I get it. I mean, I, the thing is, is like, it's, I feel like it's easier to try to make that character forgivable. Like the char- like the type of character that Catra is, I feel like in an animated show, you're you're able to forgive a little bit more because so much of the violence is also, sanitized a little bit you know it's it's like
2: magical violence kind of right right. and it's like like,
3: people don't die they just sort of like oh I like knocked out all these soldiers and then like their friends drag them away and then they all run away you know like there's a lot less of like I I feel like if you'd had a like a real show or like a show geared only towards adults where it's like I've watched I've watched five seasons of Catra just straight up murdering like Everyone. hundreds and hundreds of, of good people. And like, I like, I you know, it, you in, I feel like us as adults, like we are filling that in for the show, it, even though it's not showing that happening. So it's like we are projecting all of these like atrocities onto her in a lot of ways. Cause realistically, you're like, oh, they fight, oh, they've like, you know, had a cat fight oh, a couple times and. Yeah, and then you're like, unforgivable, but
2: yeah, but also, I mean, like, she did drop her into the abyss, and like, she expected that she would yeah. be dead. Yeah, I know, like, but like, but no one died, no one died, but she really didn't, in die, show. right? But I'm saying, except like, for Angela, in, RIP, yeah, RIP. In, in Catra's mind, she's like, I just killed a door, I know, and that's okay with me, but we know that, right? Yes. Like, but so we like, know that because so I feel that like for we me, there's like a tricky. There's a yeah. tricky balance between the two of them, but I do feel like they do a good job with Katra's redemption arc. I yes. just feel like, and maybe it's just because the show is five seasons long, right? Because her redemption arc really only starts in season five. Don't you feel like? Does her, it start re- yeah, early? her
3: redemption arc, I feel like season five is her redemption season. Yeah.
2: Right? So you see her for four seasons yeah <laughs> like just being like the villain and but it's a also, relatable the, villain i do feel like yes. you make her relatable you understand why she's doing what she's doing and then you also like get that like okay catcher's not the villain it's it's hordak and shadow weaver oh actually hordak and shadow weaver are not the villains it's horde prime yeah, like, yeah. there's a bigger evil there's and this, this
3: constant this escalation escalation yeah. of like
2: oh don't worry like they're not but I also feel like this is getting way too complicated, but I think it's important to talk about. Is I believe that people should be given second chances. And I do believe that people are not like defined by their actions 100%. But I do also feel like trauma doesn't excuse actions, it can explain actions. But if you're not like truly apologizing for those actions, yeah. Then the trauma. Like, I don't know. I just see a lot of like in my personal life, I see like my friends dating people who have like a lot of trauma, who treat them in a way that's like not great. Yeah. Because well, of that and trauma.
3: And then you're this like, is this is the problem okay, with with but...
2: oversimplifying
3: the type of show that this is, right? Because obviously the thing is, is like we as adults know that when you have somebody who has as much trauma as Katra has that you're like, yeah, I'm sorry. But like, you know, a few episodes of like doing the right thing, like that's not enough. Like you need therapy, babe. You need some help. You need time. You need to like find yourself and work through your shit first. And like probably you're rushing into this. Like, yeah, we know that as adults, But at its heart, it is a kid's show. And so it's like, you have to let go of the fact that we're like, but I know better. And like, don't date her right now, Adora. She's not ready for you. Like, she's still coming out of all of this baggage. And like, yes. But on the other side of that, I also
2: appreciate that that like where it is, like just because someone has all this trauma does not mean that they still are worthy of love. And so Adora still loves Catra through all that trauma. But it's just like difficult to be like through the trauma, but also through the hurt that, and the harm that she has done to Adora and her friends. So it's like you're I, just like the real answer.
3: The real answer is like, let's just all get some therapy. Agreed. We're all going to be fine. Catra really Us means- and Catra yeah. are all going to be
2: OK. Catra will work through it in the song at the end. <laughs> oh, but Catra. Let's talk. Oh, let's sweetheart. talk. Sweetheart. I know. Let's, <laughs> I do, and I do love Catra. Like that's the thing. I love the character it's just like very complicated but let's talk about Katra's redemption arc okay so we have Katra it's like a back and forth back and forth back and forth then in season 5 we get the redemption arc right which is really that Katra is like i'm going to save glimmer right and also yeah. in the end after everything Katra is Katra stays with Adora to save the world. Like, Adora is gonna sacrifice herself for the world, and Catra's like, you don't have to do it all by yourself. And then it's like, and I do think that when you get to the end of it, if we hadn't had so much of this in the middle, is like a beautiful love story ending. That,
3: listen, that final scene, the two of them, like that scene with the, like, Adora slowly succumbing, and Catra's whole, like, the speech, and the everything, and like the... Like, okay, listen, just the voice acting in this show is fucking bonkers good, right? Like, so fucking good. And that whole scene and her whole, like, please, just this once, stay. Like, I mean, rough. eat your fucking heart out. I mean, it's just, a, it's a lot. And it's it's so Good, it's so good, and then and then they kiss, and it's like, especially uh, again, like us as adults who have been watching this show, where they're like clearly in love with each other this whole time, but it's a kids' show, and you don't, you you know, like I went watching the show because I was watching it when they were coming out, and like I honestly believed that we were gonna go the whole time and just be like, and then they hug, and it's fine, yeah, and and like like they give them that kiss, and then they turn like ice, just fucking glowing rainbow, and you're like. Yep. <laughs> what? Amazing. I mean, like, it's for us as like gay adults, like, what a fucking payoff, you know? Oh, yeah. Unreal. I mean, just unreal to have yeah, to have that be the like world-saving, climactic like peak of this show is like, yeah, your two gay like leads finally kiss and turn into a shining beacon of rainbow light and heal the world. And you're like, okay.
2: I mean, sure. And too, like I said, it is like Adora slash Shira has it. her, her whole thing that she has to work through. I'm not saying she doesn't have any shit she has to work through, is that she's always like, I'm the savior of the world. Like, I'll do it by myself. I put the entire weight of the world on my shoulders. And like, yeah, it I don't really like she does. In a way, in her selflessness, she is very selfish. Yes. Right. And so that's, like, that juxtaposition. But then to have Katra come in as this, like, partner to her who's like, you don't have to do it alone. That's a really powerful yeah. ending for that character. For Katra's character, first of all, who's, like, has abandonment issues, and then she's like, I'm, instead of cutting and running, I'm choosing to stay. And then for Adora... Who's like I always do it by myself, and she lets Katra help her. Yeah, is like a pretty, pretty powerful like relationship moment. Well, and let's
3: and let's talk about like the growth. I'm sorry, we're going so fucking hard on this show. I and I can't. I'm. We're not gonna stop. No, but let's talk about like the growth of Katra. Katra, who has who has like one her way from like burn the fucking world down, rip it apart from like the seams of reality because who even fucking cares to capture literally watching the world actively ending and being like, not only is the world worth saving, but it's not worth saving without you here with me in it. I require both the world and you. Thank you very much. Yep. So like cut this bullshit out right off the bat, like get back here and let's, keep the world alive together so that we can live in it. It's like, (sighs) yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot like, and, and it is, I mean, I get it. It is hard to like capture that amount of growth enough with what you get to, like with the time that they had to do it in. But like, I think they gave it their best shot and like, I'm not going to hold it against them that like, that's how much time they had to tell what I think is like a really well developed, well, like, well-done story arc of, like, all of the, just, like, so many things going on with, like, you know, like, the world building and the lore and the first ones and the languages and the this and, like, the constellations and the sky and the, yeah, I mean, like, they had a lot to do. I'm, I'm gonna give them the pass on it. Yeah. I can't, I'm, like, what are you, you going to say? Like, how often do we get this well done of, like, a full story, you know?
2: I won't be, I won't hold the grudge too much because I do think, like, they have a beautiful story arc towards the end. And, too, like, even there's, like, other moments in season five before this. Like, there's that one moment when, like, Catra jumps on Adora's lap. You know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just, yes. like, little yeah, yeah. moments where you're, like, yeah. these two characters from the beginning have had such, they just have such good chemistry together. Like, yes, they're animated characters, but, like, You you see, like, this ease between the two of them. There's, like, so much more to them than even just these five seasons, too, which is also, I think, what we need to keep in mind. Like, why the flashbacks are so important. Like, also, like, I think as I... take a bit more look like how old they're te- they're teenagers quote unquote right they're supposed to be teenagers
3: yeah I, I think i feel like i season, always lose track of what age they're all supposed to be cuz they they start out where yeah like glimmer's still getting grounded like i feel like in my head i picture them being like 16 when the yeah, series yeah i think they teen- cuz there's something.
2: also a moment in princess prom where Faust is like teenagers yeah 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 <laughs> about all of them so i'm going to say they're like 16 at the beginning right so they've and they've known each other since they were babies. So like, okay, 16 years of like ground ground building, friendship building. Then let's say like four years where Katra goes oh, buck wild off the deep end. And Adora's like, but she's, but I still love her. And I still know who she is, is not yeah. what she does. And then you finally get this redemption arc in season five. Like then I can be like, okay, you know what? 17 years of good Katra. You know, she's still a little chaotic, but quote unquote good. And four years of her destroying the world, like you know, maybe we can weigh those. Maybe we can weigh those out differently. This is my, this is my evolution of trying just to. Just her of... little, just her little rough patch, you know. Yeah, she just a little, little rough little patch. End The world rough patch. It's fine. Just we fold it there. Just a little like portal rough patch. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, sure. That's it. That's it. Listen,
3: who didn't in high school just like briefly try to end the world? You know like, exactly. And like okay.
2: the, and she has someone who loves her unconditionally, even when she does that. So that's like it's sort of beautiful. But yeah, crazy shit. (laughs) Crazy shit.
3: Okay, let's... I'm not gonna lie. I know we could spend the next like four hours talking about Catronidora. You're right. Let's talk about like some of the other things because we talked about there is like so much representation. And I think one of the things that's great is when you have a show that like a like yes the the showrunner and creator is queer (laughs) right it's always hard to talk about it like a, a show when it's all done but when you have so like nate stevenson who was the show creator and i i know a lot of the rest of the team as well like i think a lot of the the writer's room i think a lot of the the team associated with it like when you get a whole team of queer people together you tell authentic stories yep. right and you tell authentic stories that also just had like so much representation i know you you talked uh, about some of them at uh, earlier on yes. in the episode but i just think it's worth mentioning like some of the other things that we want to highlight in terms of like the amount of characters who either like Canonically date same sex people, or canonically mentioned having dated like both like same sex and honestly pretty sex much partners. everyone. Like I don't yes there like is... almost everyone. It's
2: very difficult to find a straight character in Shiro, which I love. I want to
3: say like Angela is like yeah probably Angela probably like the straightest and person in the show right.
2: But yeah, even like what cracks me up is like Seahawk who like is dating yeah. Mermista and is like so obsessed with Mermista for so many seasons and then you find out oh yeah so Seahawk also dated Falcon in the past who's like who's the man right like and Seahawk's just like yep of course I'm bi
3: Seahawk and Mermista as like two chaotic bisexual like just nonsense I love their relationship I love the two they're like two of my favorite characters Mermista has some of my favorite lines in the entire show just both like the writing and also the delivery of them like I fucking love Mermista so much just so much when you were asking me for like what are the highlight episodes to like watch to you know like to get ready kind of like jog your memory for for like some of the high points I took every I just want you to know it took everything in my power because I was trying to give you a short list not to suggest the Mer Mysteries episode because it's so unnecessary to watch it to like you know come back to like talk about the show but it's like one of my favorite episodes in the whole in the whole series because I just I love Mermista so much well
2: that's what I was saying too it's like the ensemble cast is just perfect like oh they're so good different and interesting they're so good and then you have like Perfuma who dated Bo and then also is now dating Scorpia and they have such a cute little relationship because they're just both like love and light yeah and perfect and you have two like like I already said in the beginning like married queer couples too right so you have like george and lance who are both dads Spinnerella and Natasha, who are just like married princesses yeah right and it's like Spinnerella and Natasha have really beautiful moments they do
3: they're so cute they're so
2: sweet together and like, i love yeah
3: like i love when you first really get to like meet them a little bit more because they show up a couple times in season one and they're just sort of like yeah you know they're sort of like the the throwaway joke of like Yay, Spinnerella and Natasa are here! Like we don't even know what they do still. Like, what do they offer? Yeah, and then and so then they have that th- that scene where they show up and they're like, "You don't even know what we do, do you?" And she's like, "Net Tossa, like I toss net net." And like <laughs> Spinarella's like, "And they're yes, they're beautiful nets, dear." And you're like, "Yeah, they just have like just pure like old married couple yes, energy. Yes, I love it.
2: they really do. And to like old married energy, and then also just like." such deep love where you're like when anything bad happens to one of them you're just like oh my god no like yeah. please yeah save love and save love yeah. like, save our mom they're so yeah. cute and sweet and then you have two scorpio was raised by two moms so like we don't ever meet her two moms right but like you see a picture of like baby scorpio with her two moms and like it just feels like that's just all over, right? It's like, it's just a thing and it's there and it's fine. And then you also have like, I don't know if this was confirmed in the episodes, but Nate Stevenson confirmed it in an interview that Lonnie, Rahelio and Kyle are in a throuple together.
3: Yes. I mean, obviously. I mean, d- c- clearly. Come clearly. On.
2: So you also have like a little bit of an exploration of polyamory there. Yeah. I don't know. They're not like exploring it, but there's also
3: like I feel like Double Trouble was such a refreshing character to have because I feel like we spend a lot of time talking all the time about like in, you know, things like the X-Men or like any sort of any sort of movie or show or whatever, like shape-shifting characters where we're like inherently queer. Yes. Like there's just an inherently queer energy to being able to shape like even in in fucking Encanto, right? Where you're just like gay. Like if you yeah, spend like if your you, whole life yeah. gender fluid being able to take on the you know, shape and gender and look and whatever of like anybody, like what how would you still remain like Yeah, how do you a, not identify
2: that? That is like the yeah. definition of gender fluid.
3: <laughs> and so it was just like so refreshing to see Double Trouble and see and see them have a character that is Clearly non-binary, not just in the sense that they, like, shift their gender based on who they are being, whatever, but where, like, it is always explicitly that, like, they are a non-binary character. Like, Double Trouble does not have a gender. How could they? Yes. How could they? Well, and also in
2: terms of, like, representation, also portrayed by a non-binary actor. Yes.
3: Yep. But just like same thing, like when you talk about things to like have your kids just sort of like normalized at these ages for them, like just having a character where it's like, yeah, that's double trouble. They're a character. They use they, them pronouns. Everybody around them uses them correctly without any second thought or discussion or anything. It's never once brought up explicitly. It's not ever really like discussed. It's just that is what it is. They are a character who is non-binary because they do not have a gender. Yep amazing just and and the fact that like that in and of itself just seems so like mind-blowing kind of sad uh in a lot of ways you know but also like like,
2: this is the first non-binary character in an animated series is double trouble correct yes uh
3: i believe so yeah
2: so like also just shira in general had so many firsts like so many just like and i feel like because of that i mean we talked to zach from dead end paranormal park and it's like, she came out in 2018, Dead End Paranormal Park just came out this year, 2022. And like, in those four years, the difference yeah. that you could have in an animated series is like, exciting because it's not going to be like, they're not going to be firsts anymore. You know? So like, it's just like, okay, this is a new show. We want to watch it because it's a cool show and we like what it's about. And like, the gender identity or sexual orientation of your characters is like, secondary to the plot. But still, like, you have a diversity of that in your animated series. I and love it's it. it's so
3: important. It's just so important. I just honestly, it's it's really hitting me as we're rewatching it right now that I'm just like, I want the girls to, like, be a couple years older so that we can, like, start watching this I'm just, like, I'm so excited. I know. Like, it's just one of those things where I'm, like, I'm so excited to, like, get to watch this with my kids because it's just... Like, I just keep thinking back to, like, some of the cartoons that, like, I watched growing up, you know? Like, what? Like, what were the cartoons is... you watched
2: when you were growing up?
3: Like, we, I remember watching, like, DuckTales and watching, like, Rescue Rangers and watching, uh, what was, I? St- the, pro- the problem is I keep having to remember, like, what are all the English names of these shows? Mm. But, uh, Gummy-, Gummy Bears, is that what it was called in- English.
2: Oh. Um, Did
3: you ever watch Gummy Bears and they used to drink their little potion and they could bounce everywhere? Anyways. Care um, Bears? No, not Care Bears. Gummy Bears.
2: I don't know Gummy Bears. But yeah, I think you're right. Gummy Bears is a cartoon. I don't think I've seen it.
3: Okay. Well, when I grew up, we called it Legumi because it was in French. So anyways. so But they used to they used to have a little potion and they bounced everywhere. I, I don't know. It's just like all of these shows where I'm like, they're just... It's not that there was anything wrong with them, but the representation was non-existent
2: you yeah know? no i was talking to someone about the shows that we used to watch as kids and i'm like there was something about my generation in particular that had the weirdest i don't know what it was but like people were like hey let's make cartoons as like drug fueled as possible like that's what it felt like like I like, think about-
3: animaniacs,
2: era, yeah, like animaniacs yeah like cat dog yeah like Ren and, well, and Stimpy. Also,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Ren and Stimpy. I feel like I feel like the feel like the, most, the, like, the beginning of like the SpongeBob era yes. of shows. Yeah.
2: And you're just like, I don't even know what those shows were about. Like, if I watch yeah. them again right now, I'd be, I would feel like I was tripping.
3: It's they're like, yeah, it's like an acid trip kind of experience yes. to watch a lot of them. Yeah. See, and that's I feel like those were the shows that I watched when I was like. A little older, maybe. Maybe I'm maybe I'm going too far back. I feel like I'm naming a lot of the shows that I used to watch when I and was you were like, like a like toddler, little like toddler. Toddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah like five or six kind of ages. Some of them are good. Like
2: I, like some of the Disney Channel ones. Like Kim Possible was more my generation. Kim Possible like, was totally great. spies. Yeah, like Avatar, Last Airbender. Those ones were good. But then there were like these just subset. If you're a '90s kid, let me know because. You know what I'm talking about? Like
3: No, they were weird shows. They were, they were weird shows. Insane. I still and it's funny because it's like when I see Animaniacs stuff, like I get nostalgic about anim- Animaniacs, but if you ask me really like what happened in that show? Like do any of us actually remember?
2: Oh, remember, Powerpuff like, Girls. That's a good one, like, but I think still What crazy. happened
3: in the Animaniacs?
2: No, no. I could not tell you like the plot of any of these shows. Courage the Cowardly Dog, that was a freaky one. <laughs> Um, sorry. I just, there's one more that I need to remember because it was so weird.
3: No, I know what you're talking about. Ah, real monsters.
2: Ah, real monsters. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> Damn, there were some freaky that was shows a weird. That out was a there. weird show.
3: I used to watch that too. And that was weird.
2: Yeah, there were some freaky shows out here. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, honestly, maybe I'm going to take a trip down memory lane and watch these crazy shows. And just...
3: We should, I bet we could do some should have been gays on some of them.
2: Pinky and the Brain's a should have been gay for sure.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Honestly, animaniacs. I feel like they all have queer yeah. energy. Yeah, yeah.
2: But we we digress. Um, <laughs> let's get back to the show at hand. My point is, our point is, the representation has dramatically changed in terms of who is represented in the, our animated series. And Shira was like the most gay. Like this is a very gay animated show. Just like so it is. gay. Yeah and one more thing that i want to talk about before we we'll, we can wrap up after this but i t- mentioned it briefly before but like intrapta as a character i feel like makes so many neuro neurodivergent people feel seen because intrapta is clearly neurodivergent and like they really i i think she's freaking awesome like she's yeah so smart like honestly like can do so much so lovable like you see her like as just like i find her to be one of the most endearing characters in she Shira. is
3: she also like some of those scenes where like the way that they use Entrep does sort of um like different perspective on what's happening as the people around her on things, like the scenes where they first capture her and she just keeps coming out of her handcuffs to like show them stuff and then being like, oh, right. And like yes, going back going in the back. handcuffs. Cause she's like, you seem to care about this for reasons that are a mystery to me, but I guess you want me to be in these handcuffs. So here I am. Yeah. And then she'll be like, oh, a uh, first one's tech. Let me come show you. And then they're like, how did you? Oh, right. And like blocks herself back. And like, they're so good. It's such good little moments, like such good little bit things that like they just keep doing, you know? Yes. Like I love it.
2: I'm obsessed with it. But yeah, I mean, Shira as an animated series, I'm assuming most of the people who are listening to this have already watched it. Do a rewatch because it's worth it. And like oh, it's if so you worth haven't it. watched it, it's highly 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 recommend that you watch it. Like great storytelling, great character development. Super gay, which is why we always will recommend for essentials. And let us know what you think about the sh- about Catradora. Let us know what you what you think about all the ships in here. I hope we did not offend anyone with our analysis. But those are my thoughts on Shira.
3: If we did, we wrote you a Crazy Catradora song. You're gonna love to the Catradora song,
2: so don't worry. All right, is it timely?
3: It is. I need one more question though, so hold on.
2: All right. It is time for our Q and gay. Let's do it. Q,
3: Q. 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 and,
2: and, and, and gay. gay. Question number one, which powers would you want? A, sparkles slash teleportation. B, control the sea. C, snow or ice. D, control nature.
3: Oh, man. I don't know. It's like a part of me wants to go control the sea, but also the the teleportation would come in so handy. So I might have to vote Glimmers, sparkles, and and teleporting.
2: No uh, She-Ra option on this?
3: Listen, I had to narrow things down. That's okay. okay? I think I will. Would... Yeah, the Shira Ra make my uh, sword into a mug option is really what I Yeah, I'm going perfect. For. <laughs> I just really want a mug when I need one. Okay? Yeah, yeah, we all need them. Okay, question two, Ellie. Which princess would you most want to date out of A, Adora, B, Glimmer, C, Mermista, or D, Perfuma?
2: <sighs> Very good question. I honestly have to go with Mermista. I like she the, re- She I like wins the, you over. Yeah, like I like the sarcasm. Like I feel like yeah. there'd be some fun banter. I'm here for Mermista. Yeah.
3: She's just so funny.
2: Yeah. All right, question number three Which villain would you most want to date? A Catra, B Shadow Weaver, C Scorpia, or D Hordak?
3: I'm of the opinion that there's only one right answer to this question, and it is Scorpia. <laughs> because also, like is I she really Scorpia? a villain? <laughs> I mean listen I wasn't going to put like Horde Prime on here so I went with Scorpia yeah, yeah. Scorpia's great um, I could have put like Huntara or something I guess in which case I probably would also choose Huntara but I love Scorpia I would like just protect Scorpia at all costs I love her so much she's just a big teddy bear and I love her she is Okay, question four, Ellie. What was the weirdest animated show from your childhood? Out of A, Animaniacs, B, Smurfs, C, Ah, Real Monsters, or D, Ren and Stimpy?
2: I feel like it has to be Ah, Real Monsters. Like, that show was freaky. It was weird. It was so weird. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was about. I just have those memories. You just
3: remember what they all looked like, and you're like, what were we watching? Yeah, I'm like, what was I watching? So true.
2: All right, final question question number five what's your favorite she-ra episode a princess prom beamer mysteries c Whiteout, or d heart part Two?
3: Oh man listen it's so hard white out is fun because i do love the adora like you know infected by first one's things episodes because she's hilarious because that's isn't i think white out is the beep boop 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 boop, beep, yeah. boop one and that is great but like and Heart Part Two obviously has the great like Rainbow Kiss. I'm here for it, but like Mer Mysteries, man. That's it. Mer Mysteries. It's such a good episode. It's just got everything.
2: It's got Merista. That's all you care about. And mysteries. That's you know, it. That's listen, you what for more could it's you want? Me Princess Prom. That I just feel like it's just so like. It's also a great episode. It's a great episode. Yeah, yeah it is. They're all good. Ugh. Love Shira. What a beautiful, gay animated series. Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Let's Hang Pod. We also have, of course, drinking game rules for Shira, which is honestly hilarious to me. So here we go. Here are the drinking game rules.
3: Okay, now, buckle oh, up, everyone, for our drinking game rules, because once again, we do not promise that these are survivable. So um, please... Live tweet us, message us, if you're going to try these out. Um, and especially when you're doing these with shows, you know, pace yourself, take it easy, be safe out there. Here are our drinking game rules for She-Ra. Number one, anytime Katra says, hey Adora. Number two, anytime Adora says, for the honor of Skull and nothing happens. Number three, anytime the Princess Alliance glows rainbow, Number four, anytime Adora gets drunk, infected by the first one's viruses. Number five, anytime Scorpia gives someone a hug. Number six, anytime Seahawk hits a falsetto. Number seven, anytime Madame Raz gets confused about time. And number eight, anytime Bo creates a new arrow. Have fun out there, everyone. And remember, stick around to the very end of this episode to hear our original song based on Katra and Adora's story in Shira. It's called Stay With Me, and you're gonna wanna listen. That's that's all I'm gonna say. Let me hear you
2: say. Hip, 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 hip,
3: we love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. And we just like to shout out some of our favorite things every episode. And this week, we want to shout out someone who reached out on our Instagram, who said that they are a new listener. They were up to episode five um, by by that point. So, uh, Camila, thank you so much. We're so glad you found the podcast. And in three or four years, when you get to this episode, you'll get to hear your name. i yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> also i think she also was like congratulations so thank you for yeah, the congratulations because you're right congratulations on a podcast that has lasted for six seasons and
3: yeah you te- got a lot to catch up got on. a
2: lot of stuff to come camilla i'm so excited for when she finally gets here <laughs> i know me too which is going to be also like people tend to binge so i'm like that's true it could either be five days or 10 years yeah we'll see we're excited to find out yes <laughs> We would also like to shout out everyone who came to a league of their own trivia. We had some incredible costumes. You all are <laughs> experts, and we can't wait for the next one.
3: Can't wait. We have so many questions, so it's it's happening. <laughs> yes. And as always, we want to thank our lesbian Jesus patrons: Mark Foster, Tanya Ferguson, Sarah and Julia, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stei, Abby Benitez. And Fiona W.
2: And our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen.
3: Leah Hendley. Andrea Doucette. And Julia Gonzalez. Thank you all so much. We could not continue making this podcast without the support of all of you and all of our patrons.
2: Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Less Pod.
3: You can email us at lesshangoutpod at gmail.com.
2: You can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com.
3: Whatever app you use to listen to podcasts, make sure that you subscribe. That way you'll get new episodes as soon as they drop every week.
2: We're also posting videos on our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash Pod to catch them.
3: Less Hangout is an independently produced show. It's hosted by us with audio production by Ellie. Our production assistant is Krista Mearsson. And various other shenanigans are done by me.
2: If you want to support the podcast, you can rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps other people find the show and lets them know that it's worth listening to. So do it.
3: (laughs) If you want to join our Patreon, you get access to ad-free episodes, our special Patreon-only bonus episodes, which as a reminder, our next one is coming out next week. You get access to our Discord chat, all sorts of good stuff. You can find that at bit.ly slash
2: if you want to get some Les Hangout merch, it is the perfect time to do so and get some holiday gifts for all the queers in your life at bit.ly lesshop.
3: Remember, we also have a queer production company where we are making queer podcast musicals with guaranteed happy endings. You can find everywhere at Dollar Bean Prod
2: or at our website, dollarbeanproductions.com.
3: You can listen to all of the episodes of our first show, The Flame. They're up on any podcasting app.
2: And if you want to help support us in making more musicals, you can join our Patreon at bit.ly slash dollarbeampatreon.
3: If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster.
2: And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's hang, hang out again, again soon. Let's
3: hang out out.
1: a little girl who's in the dark. Licking her wounds, building a truth where she's not. Second fiddle, second in command. Stick to the plan. Reach out your hand like there is some